you believe to be true is not proven by what you say with your mouth. What you believe to be true is proven by what you trust in when you are in need. In other words, what you believe to be true is proven in the times when your soul is lonely. What you reach for in those moments, what you trust in when the pressure is on, what you go for and, and what you look to and what you call on and what you run to in those, in those moments of your deepest need, that's what you believe, not what you sing in church. You can honor him with your lips, but your heart be far from him because the fact of the matter is my belief is proven not by what I say, but by what I trust in when the pressure's on. Now, the temptation for Jesus was the same as the temptation for us. The, the enemy comes and tries to tell Jesus to turn the stones in to something that they were not meant to be. I can't find any Bible verse that says, thou shalt not turn stones into bread. So technically, this is not a temptation to sin. Instead, it's a temptation to substitute. I love preaching to y'all because, you see, all it took was that. And I felt like, I felt like you knew where I was going with it. It's when I try to turn something into something that it's not supposed to be. It's, it's, when I, it's when I try to make a relationship something more than what it's supposed to be. It's when I start depending on people rather than trusting in God. Now, God gave you people in your life that can be there to support you. But when you begin to mistake your support system for your Savior... You put too much trust in people and you start trying to turn stones into bread. I don't think that got the point across. Let me try another way. A lot of times I try to make it more than it should be. Like it's nice if I post a picture of me and my wife on Instagram and people like it. But it's a problem. It becomes a problem if I need the validation of somebody else to like it and say how cute in relationship goals we are in order to make me feel fulfilled in my marriage. Because the only point in posting the picture should be to present something that I found a little bit of joy in. But if I need people's affirmation of the picture to make me feel joyful, that means there is something missing. And I am substituting something in the place that only God should occupy. I should not need you to double tap on a screen to let me know that my marriage is blessed. I should know my marriage is blessed because of what happens behind closed doors, okay, that you can't see and can't double tap and shouldn't see and shouldn't double tap in the conflicts and in the agreements. But when I need it to be something that it wasn't meant to be, the problem is I, I, I find myself substituting in other words, I find myself trying to, to make situations something that they're not. I start trying to substitute the praise that should come from God, and I try to put it in the mouths of people. It's a very dangerous thing when you start to rely on resources rather than the source. When you start to rely on encouragement from people, then when people don't give encouragement, you will find yourself hungry in a wilderness. You can do it with money. It's a blessing to have money, 
But when you start trying to turn money into your security, you will find yourself very disappointed to find out that there are some things that you cannot buy. There are some things that you cannot purchase. There are some things that net worth will not provide, that only self-worth can provide, that can only come from God. But when I know who I am, I don't have to prove to this devil that I can turn stones into bread because I've already been fed by my father. So I know who I am because I know the truth and the truth will set me free. Why would you trade the truth of your identity in Christ for the opinions of people who don't even really know you and didn't form you in the womb? And I haven't heard the Spirit of God speaking to me about a situation in my life this week. He said, don't try to make it what it's not. You're making it something it's not. It's not that. It's a stone. Don't try to turn it into bread. And that's why I get offended, too. I get offended because I'm addicted to my opinion. Too far? I'll leave this part out tomorrow. You know, this is a test run. But... But anytime you do it, anytime you try to turn it into something that is not, you ruin it. And that's why Jesus came back with the word of God. Yeah, because it's a bad idea to argue about the word of God with the word of God. (laughs) It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I don't live off of that. I don't live off of that. I don't live off of a. A, a diet of 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 that uh, addiction to approval. Okay, but here's the part I want to show you. Then verse five, the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. Now, he, he takes a different approach. And he presents him with the scripture, which is interesting because all scripture is true. This particular scripture is a Psalm that Jesus being a rabbi would have known very well, aside from the fact that he wrote it (laughs) and he was it. He knew it from his training, from his training. He knew the truth. From his training. He was trained in truth. Not opinion. He was trained in truth. And so. He said if you are the son of God. Throw yourself down for his written. He will command. This is the devil talking. This is the devil preaching. To Jesus. This is the devil preaching the word of God. The pure word of God. To Jesus. He didn't even twist the scripture. He just set it straight. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. So now Jesus answers him. It is also written. What got me about that is that what the devil said was actually true. It's one thing to exchange the truth of God for a lie. But I have noticed that a lot of times the tension is 
that I'm standing between two truths and I don't know which one to believe. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. It is true that he will protect me. But Jesus answered him, it is also written. It is also true. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Now, what's interesting about this particular instance is that it is so different than how the devil got Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden when he slipped in a lie that they were willing to believe. But this is the second Adam. Jesus is not like the first Adam. And because he knows the truth too well, the enemy changes his strategy. Some of you have walked with God long enough that you don't fall for just any lie. But now where your faith has to develop is that you've got to learn to hold two truths in tension. And I'm going to break this down because it's very difficult to believe that the devil would actually fight you with truth. But he will. And let me show you how he'll do it. He'll take a truth that is actually found in the word of God and try to use that truth to discourage you. Because although the truth may be in the word of God, it's not yet operative in your life. And so now you're standing in church and you hear a scripture like this. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. And that is technically true because through Jesus Christ, we have received freedom from the penalty, the punishment and the power of sin. And we rejoice in this to know that he disarmed principalities and made a public spectacle of them when he nailed them to the cross. But right about the time I get ready to shout about the fact that I'm free indeed, I remember that there are still some things that have me very tied up in my life. So if he set me free and is true, then why do I still struggle in this same area? That's also true. Now I'm not stuck between a lie and the truth. I'm stuck between a truth and a truth. What do you do when you're living in the tension between two truths? Can I preach about this for real? Because we come in church, look at me, and we shout about stuff that we're not actually personally experiencing because it sounds good. But we go home and we fight against it. And before long, we give up because it's actually, it's actually, is true. But the question is, is it true to you? Is it true to you? Is it true to you? I mean, I know it's true that I know it's true that he took your shame away. But do you still do you still replay things in your life that have already been forgiven by the blood of Jesus and caused them to throw you back into the patterns that created the regret to begin with? Or has forgiveness become true to you? Hey, thank you for watching. Make sure you subscribe.